Hi, thanks for listening to my podcast. Let me introduce you with Jane Milton. I've been working with food businesses for 35 years and now I'm taking you behind the scenes in my business to connect with some of the great specialists, entrepreneurs and producers that we work with to hear how we create strategies that inspire business and how we help them create the perfect teams for specific projects and for their business as it grows so that they can get great results faster and much more cost effectively with our support than they would on their own. I truly believe the food industry in the UK has some of the best people in it and I'm lucky enough to know and work with the very best of those. Let me introduce you to Lorna Davidson, the CEO and founder of Red Wigwam, a flexible work booking platform serving workers and hirers. She has over 200,000 workers registered after just over four years. The site matches workers to jobs in the area that require the skills they have and workers can book whichever jobs they wish. Lorna is an entrepreneur who loves growing businesses and with a strong sales background from Kellogg's and then Mars. She first created Tactical Solutions, a field sales business that she sold after 13 years of profitable growth. Somewhere in among all of that, Lorna managed to fit in having three children, two of whom now work with her in the business. She thinks that people may often underestimate her knowledge and skills when they first meet her, but once they get into conversation, they quickly realise that Lorna certainly knows her way around her business. Somebody challenged her recently to think of a hundred things she really wants to do. You'll hear what that has taught her. She really believes work should be fun and that everyone should enjoy their time that they spend there and have fun too. It's been at the heart of both the businesses she has launched and grown and so it certainly seems to serve her well. She's a really great tip for anyone starting their own business, one that could really transform your business. Let me introduce you to Lorna Davidson. How do you describe your current job to other people? Oh, that's a really interesting one, Jane, because I do everything. I'm one of those terrible CEOs that's completely hands-on and get my hands into absolutely everything that I shouldn't. So (laughs) if you'd seen me yesterday in the office, we had a client coming in and we've not had a client in the office for two years. Of course. So I had the Hoover out yesterday. So I do everything from the hoovering to the CEOing piece of work. So piece Red Wigwam is um, is something I'm really passionate about. And that was about making sure that people could work in the way they wanted to work. So it was about flexible working. So we've built a platform that matches workers and hirers and does everything from matching them against their skills, their experience, but also their attributes. So people like me to turn up for work on time, et cetera. But what we've done, it's a tech business I've built. Yeah. And for a non-tech CEO, that's been quite a challenge. So, But we've built a tech business that's growing very quickly. So my job is to oversee that. But what I find I spend my life doing is rechecking and reframing the purpose of the business. Because so it's it really, changes. Yeah. And it's really easy when you're running a tech business to get very carried away with the tech and to forget why you're using the tech to do the job you're doing. Would you say then it's actually, although you said it's been a challenge, it's probably an advantage that the tech isn't your passion because that keeps you on what is your passion, do you think? Yeah, potentially. And your purpose. Yeah, yeah, I think the challenge when you're doing this is that I work with some really clever tech people that work, talk a different language than I do. Yeah. And I think sometimes I said, and so I know the phrase they hate is, that's just not logical to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so they use all these great big words and I just, that's just not logical. And you can see them all go, oh, no, here she goes again. But I'm normally right. If it's not logical, yeah. it's probably not the right and thing And also, if you can't explain it to your clients or your team and suppliers and things, then it's not helpful either, is it? So No, and I think when I set the business up, I actually outsourced all our tech. And one yep. of the things that really hit me was, you know, you do these really clever uh, wireframes, you put all the detail into it, and then you go back to see it and they'd say to you, look at this, it does this. And you go, that's amazing. Does it work? No, but it does this. <laughs> and it's that bit about going, actually, I just at this point need it to work. I need and I'm actually be- not bothered that it does that. I just Correct. want it to do this. Uh-huh. Correct. And so therefore, when yeah. you're dealing with people that are passionate about other things than you are, 
it's about getting that right. And that was one of the reasons I actually brought an in-house team in yes. so that I could make sure we were sort of really focused Doing on the same the way things. you wanted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's absolutely. great. When did that happen? How far into the business did you bring the in-house team? Probably uh, about 16, 18 months in. Right. When I just was really struggling to get uh, what I needed. And I think the other thing is when you build a business like this that is tech-led, as soon as you start to really operate, you realize all the things you hadn't thought about. Yeah. And so one of the things is you've got to change on the hoof. You've got to make things better continuously. And I found yeah. it incredibly frustrating when people say, yes, we'll do that a week on Tuesday. Uh-huh. You go, no, I need That's it now. No. And, so, uh-huh. and that was the thing I couldn't live with anymore. Not no. that I'm a lady in a hurry, but I couldn't live with no. the week on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've got to have it. And and if that's what you're about, if that's what your business yeah. is all based around, then that is the bit that has to. And I, I think that too, I think people always think they've built a website and that's yeah. it. And actually, it is like you've laid the table and served dinner because as soon as you finish, you've got to start again. And Absolutely. these things don't ever stop. And it is if if it's not the focus of your business, but it's an important part of it, trying to keep all those plates spinning. But you, you're right. You need folk that can. Step I think in the and other thing it. that's really important is if you're a little bit like me, it's like building a bungalow and then building lots of buildings on the the back of it yeah and you suddenly have got this great big thing what the tech guys you know particularly my md is amazing at is saying to me no 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 we're going to build one house yes so we need the foundations right we need this right we you know so you can have that but you can't have it yet lorna because we need to get this bit right this bit done first that's good yeah. isn't it we, yeah we and- found that with other things that people say to us all we need is the phone number for a manufacturer as if it's this, and you always say Actually, that isn't what you need because what I need to know is where do you want the business to be in five years so that I pick a manufacturer that can cope with that. Then I need to know, is there anything in it that would stop him making it in his factory or him making it in his factory? So there's actually a couple of days work in front of it. And we built a a flowchart that we have on our website that says, if you want a product made, this is kind of the normal journey. And and we're telling you to do it in this order so that you don't get to there and discover that that packaging doesn't work in that factory or whatever. And and we say, you know, these are average prices for what you might expect it to cost because sometimes two people get that wrong and then they think, well, it wouldn't make sense then to pay that to have this done. And then I go, that's right, you don't actually have a viable product, you know. So it's a good... And and so this is the same thing. It's like, don't start with... uh, here's the front door let's just absolutely and it is that and I think the other thing is when you start a business like uh, ours at Redway Graham it's you know we always have had big plans for it but it's about planning for the scalability yeah you know so we have just shy of 200,000 people now on our site uh, that we work with and we have about three and a half thousand how many years have you got to that Oh, well, it feels like a lot longer, but for it's four not, and a half, five years, we've been it's not uh, a long time. I know that's amazing. Yeah, but of course, it's a scalability issue. Yes, because everything we do, when you match a job, it's got to match through so many more people. It's you know, so it's yes. about making sure that's as slick as possible to make sure that we're giving the right customer service. Yeah, but not doing it so far ahead that you're overspecking either because then it might all have changed by the time you need that extra capacity yeah and I think the reality is uh, about the generation we now are etc and and I talk about you know my kids but I'm the same unless I can do it on my phone yes I'm really quite put out so you only need to go somewhere where you can't get phone access or something or not or be somewhere when your phone dies to realize how much you use your phone for? We we were in Spain at Christmas time last, just gone. Yeah. And because we're no longer in the EU, you don't get roaming anymore. Oh, so we thought we maybe better just contain this a bit and we are on holiday and we're meant to be. But then you went in somewhere and they said, can we see your COVID pass? And you were yeah. like, wait till I put Wi-Fi on then. You know, yeah. and even <laughs> my 87 year old mum said, I can't believe how often we need our phones that's right. With, we'll even get into an airport capacity. Yeah. 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 All no, those and, things, you know. and and you know, from my perspective, people should be able to manage their workforce from their phones in their yes. pocket. Yes. And so that's of course what we're trying to build. It's that real ease of being able to look for work and the right work. And what's important for us is when you find that work that you're fully employed. 
Yes. So we, you know, we put you through PAYE, we do your holiday pay, we do your pension, all those things that mean that actually you might want to work flexibly, but you're still treated properly. But you're still, yeah, you're still well looked yeah. after. But that's, of course, with really hirers, great, particularly it? coming out the back of uh, COVID and lockdown and are really struggling with the, when do I need labour? How does it look like? How many people are going to book in? How many people are going to cancel? And so again, we literally will get, well, I did yeah. classic yesterday. I had one yesterday that literally went on um, our site for 45 minutes later for somebody to start work. So, that's brilliant, isn't it? The amazing thing was can. we filled it. We filled oh, it. We don't always lovely? fill it, so I'm not saying no. that we always get it. But in that instance, there was somebody available that was ready to work. Isn't that fantastic? And great mm. for that person too. That Absolutely. They got a job right Absolutely. Away. They got a job. And the other thing for us is we pay very quickly. Yep. So what the tech has allowed us to do is we pay uh, the next day. So if you've worked for me today, as long as your timesheet signed off by the hire, you'll be paid tomorrow. Which so that makes a huge it? difference, particularly the way people are living their lives at the moment. Flow and things. Yeah. 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 That is good. Good. So coming back a wee bit from there, because I would normally I say, how do your family describe what you do? Because quite often that's a mystery <laughs> to people. But you have a few of your family working with you. So does that help the definitions of what you do? It, or it's not really? really it's a really interesting one. So I'm, I, and I'm going to say this because I genuinely believe it. I'm really fortunate that as a mum of three boys, I've actually got two of my boys in the business. Yep. So my youngest son's away at university and says he'll never work with us. But my elder two boys are both in the business. Yes. And why my younger son says he'll never work with us is because we talk about work all the time. All the time. Uh-huh. So he's got a red card. And so when he's fed up here in Redwood Grand Business, he waves his card. His and we red all go, okay, card. Let's not talk about okay, it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, really good though. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what it has done, so how they would describe me is really interesting. So one of the things that I'm particularly pleased about is mm-hmm. my eldest son would say, oh, my goodness, mum, you're exactly the same at work as you are at home. Isn't that lovely? So, you know, and you say, oh, okay, that Uh means I'm, you know, I'm the same type of person. You're being your authentic self too. Correct. Correct. And so he he can see that from me. So that's great. But what, again, is being sort of quite good is the boys have very defined rules in the business and they're they're having to do it their own way. But um, it's interesting. And we get on incredibly well. We only had a couple of instances where they rolled their eyes at me. Well, we had to say that's probably not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> but apart yeah. from that, we've been very lucky. It's been a, a, an interesting experience. That's lovely, though, isn't it? That is great. Um, so back when you were trying to work out how you would spend your life, what what were you thinking first? And what did you set out to do? And what were your first jobs? And then... How have you ended up where you are now? I've not done any of the things I set out to do. Oh, so I, uh, Well, it, it's really interesting. And I think I think probably slightly different because I was female as well. So mm-hmm. I've got very bright brothers who are very able. And I always thought I wasn't any of those type of things. So I thought, you know, in the nicest way, I'll go and get a wee, wee job in a post office or a bank or something. I always thought I'd like a stamp, something I could use uh-huh. it to do. And so I... Um, we have a I lawyer went, who wanted to be a bus conductress, so that doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. <laughs> it was something with a stamp yes. that was sort of appealing yes. to me. But when I uh, went to university and then I got my first job with Kellogg's, actually, mm. I realised that I actually... What did you study, Sorry, What did you study? I did, I did business studies. So I studied mm. business studies up at Stirling. I did a four-year course up there and loved it. Absolutely loved it. Lovely and then came out and joined Kellogg's as a salesperson. Right. So I was on the road counting boxes of cornflakes and, you know, getting thrown out to mm-hmm. supermarkets and all those type of things. But I actually loved it. So I did four years with Kellogg's and then I went over to Mars and right. I did 10 years with the Mars organization. And so the Mars two, organization. Two weeks ago, we had a, a Mars person as well, Scott Goodfellow uh, from Tiptree, who oh, absolutely loved all his years at oh, Mars as well. It was an amazing yeah. organization um, an amazing network that you gain from it, but just an mm-hmm. amazing way of working. So, you know, we were always 
very self-starting. We, you know, back in the day when everybody had secretaries and things like that, we didn't have any of that at Mars. You just got on with the job in hand. So I worked with all the major multiples Mm -hmm. uh, when I was at Mars and uh, I never was sure I was any good at them or they just kept moving me around hoping I'd find one that that I could do. But loved my time at Mars and did 10 years with the Mars organization, both in the pet food and the food division. Yep. Then decided as a mum of two, that I was going to take control of my life and I was going to do things differently. It was one of those real watershed moments for me. I've not had very many of them in my life, but it was one of those that was like, uh-huh. right, I need to. There has to be do- another re. Yeah, I just need a, a little bit more control in my life. So we do things very differently in my house. So my husband was a stay-at-home dad. So I said to him, I'm going to leave. And he said, okay. He said, why haven't you written a CV? And I said, because I'm going to do something myself. And he said to me, well, that's absolutely fine. But do me one favor. Do me something you know something about. Don't start <laughs> something you've got no idea about. No idea about. How yeah. funny. Oh, you know, and, he, and he was absolutely right. So I started uh-huh. a business called Tactical Solutions. And that was then my sort of entrepreneurial journey. And uh, yep. I've been on since. Yeah. And I bet no regrets about stepping out of working for other people, even though you'd loved it and, and working for yourself. No regrets, but I wouldn't underestimate it, you no. know, so it's um, it's been it's a real be journey right for you. Yeah. yeah. And I think and it's got to be right for you and your family yeah. and everything that's, you know, I was very fortunate that, as I said, my husband's a stay at home dad. Jeff would stay at home with the boys, which allowed me to do what I did. Mm-hmm. If we were both working in that way, we wouldn't have probably been able to manage no. So, you know, one of my uh, biggest achievements is to have got through my career, still be married most of the time yes. happily and with three great boys, you know. I so know. That, is, that, that the, is all amazing. It is. It yeah, really is. And it takes a lot you... of work from both of you. Yeah. All of you to make yeah. that happen, really, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. But, it, you know, it. I've had a good career and I've enjoyed it. That's one of and the that things. that matters. That <sighs> you can't spend too much time at work not to enjoy it when you hear just now about some of the toxic work cultures that people Mm. work in and things it makes me feel sick because I've worked for myself for nearly 30 28 29 years something like that now I think and you are so you don't often see the politics stuff because you can step away from it much more and you can choose not to and you can choose not to do things. But, you know, when you hear how other folk work, I just think, because I can remember a few jobs that felt like that in the early days of my work and never wanting to feel like that or make anyone else feel like that either, you know. And Yeah, no, and I think the other thing for me is for, I, from the minute I started work, I loved yep. it. So, you know, I was one of those terrible people where everybody else was moaning about their jobs. You know, I get together with all my you friends and they all go, oh, my God. I've got, oh, I love mine. I do this and I do that. So, I, you know, I think I've always been a bit different. But as I've That's got good. older, you know, people will say to me all the time, don't you want to slow down? Don't you want to? You know what? No. no. I'm, you know, I'm really happy. I, I think, too, you like doing things that are evolving you know yeah. I, I get the sense from you that you don't you wouldn't enjoy it if you were repeating the same stuff every no. day but Absolutely. because your job's very dynamic and moving and that was something we're, we've talked about a few times in the podcast because I think I, I know I'm more like that and that's why us working on projects for people and solving things and having input into things but then I step away and they maintain it and yeah and that's that's my right spot and it's funny but if I look back now I always knew it was or I I always knew that I liked those things but I hadn't necessarily connected that that was why and it's just once you realize what it is that makes you comfortable happy all those things then if you can get that it's such a big thing isn't it because then you go to work every day excited absolutely so I always say describe it as I'm I don't like running a business but I love growing a business yeah and it's exactly and that. And that day-to-day that. stuff really doesn't interest me. But the, what could we do next? Oh, we could yes. do this. That's the bit that excites how me. Do, how do we help that person? Yeah. How do we, 
No, yeah. I think I can I can I can relate to that. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm easy to be around though sometimes. Yeah. I think my team sometimes go, oh, let's just finish one thing. <laughs> and it, and I mean that is the trait of an entrepreneur too, isn't it? That you can always see other things you should be doing. And I know several years ago I had said I won't start any other businesses of my own. I will help other people start theirs or yeah. get theirs growing or do stuff with theirs. I'll just do this one because at one point I had two or three as well. And then you think that doesn't, it, it doesn't help actually. No, especially we all need when to you focus, don't, don't we? Yeah, you do. Yeah. So I think, no, just, you know, know, know what you're good at. But it also takes somebody who's not afraid to try new stuff to move other folk on because there are people who love that everything's the same every day and they can't cope with not knowing what they're coming into and things. So you yeah. need a mix of that everywhere. And certainly entrepreneurs are always, uh, years and years ago, we did, a group of us all got together and we did an NLP course tailored to us as a group of business owners. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys said, I wish I could just stop for a few minutes and be happy with what I've done, mm. not what's on my to-do list. And I and everybody in the room went, oh, yeah, because that is and that is a trait of people who there's a there's a balance between always wanting to be doing something else and appreciating where you're at as well. You know, and I think that's something that's harder for people. Yeah, without a doubt. Like us. Well, you know, you always, I always, you know, when, funny enough, when I was selling tactical solutions, so I exited the business, business and I'd been approached a number of times about it. And I kept saying to people, no, 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 I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And then I come home and I said, well, how can I possibly sell it? My middle management's not quite right yet. And this is not quite right yet. And, and actually it was all yep. okay. But you focus on the things yep. that you're negative in some ways all the time rather than looking at you could good. see could be better yeah 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 and I think that was bizarrely I think that was one of the best things about the process we went through when we sold was I got to see the business through other people's eyes so I got to yep. see what they could see and it was a bit like wow so you know this isn't too bad but no I, I think I think you're right I think it's always good to see things through other people's eyes too isn't it and that's we went through a long time I employed people and so they all worked from here years ago before many people then went remote. We went remote, I think, about 18 years ago. And so then right. I can bring in niche, much more niche people for specific projects, which works better for us. At that time, when there was a whole group of us here, we had lots of interns then because there were people for them to mentor alongside and yep. be with, which has that's one thing that has been harder since everybody was remote is is bringing people on like that. But um, we we used to have that and it was great to have them because they would say, so why are you, you know, it says in our manual that this is how we should be doing this. Could we do it this way? And you would think there's no reason why not. That's just how yeah. somebody else did it. And so things that we did very often got tweaked and things and benefited from having somebody else look at them. And we mainly had either Japanese students who came to improve their English, who had done business degrees and things. And then we we took Americans from an American program and just different people's life experiences yeah. and things to just make a difference to how they see things. It's fascinating. And, and, and without a doubt, and I think that's one of the things I'm quite enjoying. I've got quite a young team at Red Wigwam. Yes. And it, it definitely makes you see things differently. You know, and really bizarre things. You know, I was in the office and I'd left a voicemail for somebody. And the guy sitting next to me went, did you just leave a message for somebody and expect them to phone you back? I went, yes. He went, oh, you don't listen to your messages ever. And you think, oh, my God, you know, I'd, I'd never think about that. No, because that's how you do it. And uh, his generation didn't do it like that. But iPhones and things too now, it's not that obvious sometimes if you've had a message and suddenly I'm looking at something else on my phone and I think, oh, yeah, I've had so. 
Yeah, but, no, well, um, he, he was a... aghast at me that I would thought that I could leave, leave a voicemail and expect somebody to do something about it. To come back to you. <laughs> That's amazing, isn't it? It's yeah, funny. Yeah. I know. And it is. It's good, isn't it? I know. I remember the day in the office when I said something about getting out of a taxi at Heathrow and the taxi driver wanted my pound notes because in Scotland they still had notes when we'd been yeah. on pound <laughs> coins for ages and taxi drivers used to love the notes. It's the only time that anyone ever loves Scottish money, but yeah. they used to. And um, this boy in the office said, I don't think I've ever seen a pound note. And then you kind of go, hmm, how far back am I going? And then you realise how long it is since we've oh. had one, do you know? And I said, you're making me feel like my mother did or my grandmother did Absolutely. about a wireless or a, yeah. you know, a, a radio. Had, it's like, oh. Uh, uh, I had it just the other I day. I'd said to somebody, somebody said to me, how did that meeting go? And I said, oh, it's fine. I'm just going to Janet and John it for them. And he went, what? <laughs> What's that? Janet and John. And it was like, well, actually, and I was going, you know, the, no, no idea. So it was. Uh, so I've aged everybody oh. in the office. There and everybody that understood what Janet and John was. John <laughs> were was definitely oh, over no. an age. <laughs> Ladybird books being another one that everybody thinks is just a funny thing that folk talk about. But know, there was know, a Ladybird book for everything. I mean, there is now, but they're all very tongue in cheek. But no, you know, absolutely. I mean, there just was. That was just the the answer to everything. Now it's Google and yeah. YouTube oh, and. Well. Well, you know, and and I how, I fall why, into the trap. I have, you know, mm-hmm. I take my news now off my phone. I don't get a mm-hmm. newspaper anymore. I, nope. you know, completely changed the way that I sort of uh, take my Absorbed. information in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazon Alexa's of various different sorts in every room in the house, and so I have news set up how I want it. You know, who's new, and when my mum comes, so she has it too, and then she'll say. Why are you getting that news? How are you getting that news? <laughs> or, but you know, it is yeah. it's great, isn't it? And I mean, I love that too. And we, when she's here, you know, that she can get all her Glaswegian local radio stations very quickly on the Alexa in a way you never would have bothered to oh, no. tune in a radio to that before, or you know, and and so much so that we have to take an Alexa with us when we go to Spain for three weeks because otherwise, <laughs> how would you know how long anything was in the oven for or uh, anything uh, that you yeah, use it it's for? It's terrible, isn't it? You think, how how did we manage beforehand? How did we cope before we had all this tech to be able to do it? Every single room in the house, yeah. even the bathrooms have them. So yeah. you can get it, the music you want. In the, and I think it is amazing. Oh, no, it is. Uh, it really is. You'll, you, you'll be frightened to know that when this podcast comes out, you can get it on your Alexa as well. So <laughs> you'll hear yourself chatting from somewhere else in your own house. So it's good fun. That is a bit scary. <laughs> it is, isn't it? I know. You you said earlier on that your son said about you, you're the same at home as you are in, in the office, which you thought was a good thing. What first impressions do you hope you give people when you meet them? Well, that's a really interesting question. I think what I'd like to the impression I'd like to give is that um, I'm a complete professional, but I'm open and honest and, you know, that type of thing. I think um, I maybe don't always give that impression because of being a lady of a certain age and maybe carrying a little bit more weight than I'd like, etc. So I think when people get to know me, I'm a bit of a surprise. Gosh. I think when they look at me, I think I then when I become me, I think people yes. go, oh, actually, she knows her stuff here. So Isn't that ridiculous? I, know. I, I, uh, I, th- I think it is that sort of, you know, um, just, and, and especially being a certain age. Pe- There's no doubt about it being people's slightly older. perceptions. Yeah, absolutely. I, I have to say I have totally embraced being older. And when customers say to me, Somebody said to me recently, how could I learn all of that, you know, so that I could have that a similar yes. business to you? Or, and I said, get older <laughs> because yeah, yeah, there's no substitute, it. you know, <laughs> I mean, and it is funny, but it, it is, you know, my network has built. There is no shortcut. I mean, yes, there are tools and things that can help you with it, but there's no shortcut to folk getting to know you 
knowing that you'll help them when they need something. Somebody yesterday was looking for something. They phoned me. I didn't know the answer. I phoned somebody that sources food for an airline and she told me an answer that will help somebody who is doing something totally different. So there's no conflict. So we're all happy to help each other. And it's just that knowing who you could ask, that only comes with age. But I think also what's really valuable about what you said is that helping each other without expecting anything back. Yes. You know, I think you get to a certain point in your career where you're actually really happy to give. Yes. I see too many people around me that aren't as happy to share or let me introduce you or let They're me sit afraid, down for half an hour. afraid yeah. to do that because yeah. they think they'll miss out in some way, I know. And it it's, it is, it's such an important thing. And, and how you do that within your business too, how you find the time to give other people the time just to... Yeah. Look at yeah. how they're doing things and things because one of the things that I w- I'm going to ask you now is all about role models and things. And often the people that have really influenced people are the people they met in weekend jobs and things. And I think partly because you've just started out, so you are observing everybody. Yeah. But I think that's come as a big surprise to me how it's not even your first big job boss very often it is somebody before that and it makes you realize how important it is too to spend time with anybody even if they're only doing three or four hours a week in your business you may well be their role model for that job without you knowing that you are and I think if you're aware of that that makes a big difference too and also it's not just role models but the impact you can have on people's lives without realizing you've had it I had a situation where in my previous business, when I was leaving, one of the guys, older guy who'd been with me for a while said to me, oh, you know, I'm devastated you're going, Lorna, but so is my wife. And I thought, I've never met his wife. So I said, well, why does she (laughs) care that I'm going? Uh And he said to me, well, you saved my marriage. And I was like, how on earth did I do that? And unbeknown to me they'd had some money problems and I had asked him how he was one day and he told me that he was struggling to pay his mortgage so I'd lent him the money to pay the mortgage and taken it back over a number of months what I hadn't realized was his wife was going to leave him if they'd lost the house so unbeknown to me that's just giving me goosebumps well just by doing what's natural to me it had a huge impact on somebody's life that I was completely unaware of it was yep. just because it was the thing I could do to help, so therefore thing. I did do, yeah. Yeah, of course that is amazing, isn't it? I know, so that's right. So who have been your role models? Who are the people that have taught you those skills or shown you the way to do things or shown you the way not to do things? Oh, I think it's a really difficult question because there's so many of them at different points in my Mm -hmm. career that I've had the effect. So my first ever line manager, a gentleman called Keith Hand, was a complete stickler with me. And Mm -hmm. um, he he really rode me very hard. But I remember one day he used to, to, and I say he used to call me because he still works in the business now. He works for me at Red Wigwam. So after all these years, when, when I started at Kellogg's, he was my line manager. And he used to say to me, now, young lady, and I got to the point where I said, you can't say to me that to me anymore, Keith. I'm the MD. And he go, I can always say it to you. But <laughs> uh-huh. he used to, I remember him saying to me, I'd gone, he used to say, you know, you'd set your objectives before you go into a sales call. And I'd, come out and I'd nailed it. I'd completely nailed every objective. And I came out and I said to him, he said to me, right, young lady, how do you think that went? And I thought, oh, I'm ready for you. And I said, well, mm-hmm. I think that was quite good, Keith. And he said, well, one day you're going to have to learn to sell. Your personality won't be enough. And you go, oh, and that's one of the things that's really stuck with me during my career, Uh that actually you've got to know your skills, just being who you are and, you know, isn't enough. You've got to really understand it. So it's a very simple thing, but had a huge impact on me. Somebody else that had a huge impact on me is my dad. So my dad, um, I remember again saying to him, oh, my God dad these guys have been here for 20 years and uh and him saying to me have they had the same experience you've had in one year Lorna 20 times or have they had 20 years experience and again you go actually it's really important so what I try to do is make sure that every year is a new year's experience yes 
so you know so I, I I'm a big reflector in life so I reflect on what people say to me so it's a number of those type of things that make a big difference but I've also worked with some great ladies so I had a really great line manager who is a female at uh, Mars and she got on with life she tackled it she coped with it she had fun with it and she didn't care about any of the politics she just she was like teflon she let it wash right Mm -hmm. over she just wasn't going to engage in it and at that point in my career there was a lot of politics about women being in work and again she sort of helped me learn to just let it all go let it sort of go past me attention to it just do what you're there to do Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But again, brilliant? you know, mm-hmm. um, I have a friend uh, who I was out for dinner with two weeks ago, and he's got clarity of thought that makes me remember why I don't like him asking me certain questions about work. You know how somebody can get <laughs> right to the heart right of in the among issue, it? and uh-huh. you, you go like that, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's people like that in the way they think. Again, yes. I spend a lot of time going, yeah, that you know, I could learn a lot it's from that. It's great to have great conversations and things, yeah. isn't it? Well, conversation is very, really important. It is. It is. And it's good just to be around people that you can spark off and share stuff with and get honest feedback from and all yeah. of that. Absolutely. Do you ever formally have a mentor or is there anybody that you you work with to stretch yourself now yeah, I, or I've, I've done a number of different things over my career so one of mm-hmm. the uh, things I did for an, a fair amount of time when I set up my first business was I joined a group called ACE which was the uh, Academy of Chief Executives oh, yes, so that uh-huh. was sort of 15 of us got together once a month talked about all the things you couldn't talk about at work you know I've got no idea yes. how to do that etc quite mm-hmm. often you'd learn things you had problems with that you didn't know you had a problem with yet by listening yes. to somebody else by somebody so, else uh-huh. yeah so I found that really useful for me at the time I've yep. then done some formal mentoring and again what I find is that this type of training mentoring it lasts for so long it's good for yes. me for a period of time and then I move on to the next and then you need a change mm-hmm. yeah so I'm doing uh, not very often but I'm working with a really great guy at the moment who is again very focused and um, is a very and this sounds a really bizarre thing to say but he's actually a real cheerleader for me right so sometimes when you are doing it by yourself nobody's telling you you're doing okay Yep, and and so one of the things he does is it's he gives me a good slap, it. but he tells me yep. sometimes. Do you know you're really good at that? But he also says that's yeah. something that you're really good. Just draws attention to your strengths. That is yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah, and he makes it. I, I whenever and we and of course during lockdown, everything's been done on Zoom or whatever. Yes, but I come away going, oh yeah, I can do this. I you know I, I get that, that little motivation yeah. from just having a, a short session with him. He does that for me. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And I do think, I think that's right. Some Somebody had said to me recently, because I have, last year I had subscribed and had done a series of six with somebody and, and I'm actually carrying on doing some more with them this year and was doing, having a discussion with their finance people the other day and they said, do you think there's value in that? And I said, I definitely do because... There is just me. Everybody else is outsourced. I go out and ask specific people to do things, but nobody feeds back yeah. to me. And and I need that. You know, that was a good thing. Or is there another way you could have done that? Or it, it's a woman called Wendy who I'm working with just now, and she's fantastic at just saying, really? Is that yeah. the only way you could have done that? Or and, and it is good, and I do need it. And, you know... I can talk to other friends who run different businesses. I can talk to family, although I try to do that less because I don't want to. Sometimes I'll get advice that isn't helpful because they don't know my business enough yeah. or 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 they'll make a face about something. And then I think that's because you're thinking of it like a domestic thing, not like yep. a business thing, you know. And so sometimes it's easier not to do that, but it's great to have somebody that you have a regular check-in with. They have to make the time you do. They feed back to you. They remind you of things that you've talked about before and that sort of thing. And you just think, actually, I think, yeah, that makes sense. I think one of the other things that's really powerful for me, for me 
is stopping articulating it. So it's that stopping, standing still, articulating what I'm feeling or the issue, etc. Nine times out of ten, by the time I've done that, I go, oh, God, I didn't You've do that very well, did I? I need to have go, go back and try that again. Yeah. But it's that sort of stopping, reflecting, but having to put it into words is really powerful for me. I am using a journal at the moment and it's actually called the Change Makers Journal and it's a three month one and you plan your month at the beginning and what your biggest goals are. But the thing I love about it too is it has life things as well as work yeah. things. So you hopefully it helps you keep a balance. But the thing that I love about it too is that at the end of one day, I take the next day's page. The only thing I don't like about it is I would rather the pages were side by side instead of they're over the page and it's harder right. to manage. But yeah. I take the next day's page and I move over what I haven't got done. And and A, it stops you missing things. B, there's only a finite amount of space in some of these yeah. boxes. So then you realise that you're trying to make yourself do a stupid amount. So then you have to prioritise what has to be done and things. And I'm, I, I think also physically writing it, yeah. somehow it sinks in more or differently. Because I have wondered, is there an electronic version of this that I might want? Because I'm just looking for my book. I can pick it up and I'll show you because it also I have a big elastic band around the outside of it and I'm always tucking more like this is it this is my oh, my, yeah. my book and then Everything's these are all the things that I want to do and you know other wee bits and what I do is if, if there's something I need to do I put it on a post-it and then I stick it in at the day that I think I'll need to do it and half the time by the time I get to that day it's done anyway it's sorted itself you know but yeah, it, it is good, but I do feel that having it away from the computer helps as well. Although it's a nuisance because then you get that big book to take places with you. But yeah, so I do it two ways. So writing. yeah, so I'm a bit the same. So I like to write my personal stuff. I'm much mm -hmm. more better at putting that in writing. But I run lots of different planning tools. But one of mm -hmm. my favourites is what I call a one three five plan. And this is a plan. I don't even know who I stole this idea from, but mm -hmm. that's a th and I do everything on thirteen weeks. Yes, so uh -huh. why me 13 too. Weeks, but thirteen weeks is my my window. So my one three five. I do twelve plan. and a refresh week. Twelve right. and a refresh okay. week. Yeah. So it's the same thing. Same yeah. principle. But the one three five works on the principle that I have the one big objective. I have the three things that are the three areas that are going to work to help me do it, and then the five things for each of those three things, all on mm -hmm. one page. Yes. And what that does is it gives it's quite difficult to write sometimes. Yep. So it gives you real time to think about what it is you really are doing and why you're doing it. So, again, yes. I encourage my guys as well to do one, three, five plans for them all to fit Simple in with each other. So it? we know it. Yeah. I, I've, I've been putting together a program that we're hoping to run in the next couple of months to help some food businesses get clarity on where they are coming out of the last two years. So forget the last two years is really, you know, start now, stop saying in 2019 we did this. Let's look at what happened last year and then what you want to happen this year and move forward that way. And we do a a, a five-year big goal then and then we do the, the most recent three years and then we break it down 12 weeks with your week to work out what you didn't do of that yeah. and then get your next 13 weeks, weeks planned plan. again. And 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 what I always say is your business plan there isn't one that you're showing an investor. So it doesn't need to be 100 yeah. pages. It's one page. It should be on the wall. Everybody should see it. There's nobody should be working in your business and not know what that is because if yeah. they don't know what that is, they're never going to help you get there either. So I do think those simpler things just... One of the ones that somebody to get their hang on. Yeah, one of the ones that somebody asked me to do uh, that I really struggled with was write down a hundred things you want to do. Gosh. Now, as a child, a child will write down a hundred things without blinking. Yeah. But as an adult, it was actually quite a difficult task. Yes. And it really, really challenged me to think about what was important in my life generally. And whether, you know, 
like you put down to the, and the name could things, like I want those things. Yeah, yeah, you know, I want to travel more. Well, that means nothing. What no. is it you actually want to experience? Why what do you want to travel? Thing? Where are you trying to go? What are you looking for? Yeah, yeah. and so That's I find that exercise, a hundred things I wanted to do, really quite challenging. Oh, yeah. You should have a go at it. I got to 68. I know, I know. Oh, gosh. No, I will. I'm just wondering when I can do it. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't I, it? Um, I'm going to Scotland next week. And normally when I do that, I go on the train. Ah. And so I have four and a half hours. And that's a great Perfect. time to yeah. think of a thing. And I was getting all excited the other day about something I could do on the train when I remembered I'm flying. Uh, it's not the same. So I'll be is off it? the flight before I've before I've thought even you know so that yeah, maybe not uh, then. <laughs> but it's, it's funny, isn't it? How these things work out. Too much of what is never enough. Oh, what would you? Too much of what is never. Too much fun is never enough. Enough. Yeah. Good. So Good I talk. I talk a lot about work. It's got to be fun. You know, it used to be part of my mission statement at Tactical yes. that we were going to have fun in, in doing it. And I think that's very true. So I was I was talking to somebody who might come into the business yesterday. And, I, and my final thing to him was, yeah, as long as we have some fun doing it, yep. we've got to enjoy it. So I think fun. Fun. That's that's a very good answer. Last week we had smoke to meet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Too right. much okay. smoke to meet is never enough. <laughs> so, and it's really funny because they're so different, and that's what I love too about something like that is. Yeah. Everybody's perception of it is so different, but yeah. too much too much fun is never enough. Is a very good one. Yeah. Um, what have you done that when you look back surprises you that you did it? Because if you if you've been thinking. 20 years ago, you might not have thought you would do this thing. What's the big, I can't believe I did that for you? I, I suppose in one way it was set up my own business. So I said before, it was sort of a real crossroads for me and I was completely single-minded. When I look back, I do think, well, I was mad. You know, I was the main breadwinner in the family. You know, we had lots of responsibilities with three, two, well, two children at the time. We managed to have a third when I was set, run, running the business. But, you know, it, it was mm -hmm. such a risky thing to do. But I, at the time, I believed, naively maybe, but I always believed that I might never get the same job I had before, but somebody mm -hmm. would always give me a job because I could sell. Yep. So I would. I worked in the principal. We'd never starve because I would be able to do something. Oh. But I still look back at that and think, "Oh my goodness, you know, how on earth I did know. I do that?" My, and, and um, I, I similarly um, gave up a job to to start a job, and I had always thought, "I'll wait until this. I'll wait until this. I'll wait until this." And um, in fact, what happened was I went into work one morning, and my boss said to me. We're going to make you redundant, but we waited till your mortgage went through yesterday. <laughs> like oh. you thought, and I understand their logic. They weren't going yeah. to do it and, and make me lose my house, but, but. I had literally <laughs> just taken a house. And that taught me that there was no such thing as job stability. And so I yeah. might as well go out on my own. And so that was the point at which I set up my own business and I never went back the way. And I think, you know, that was my dad would have said, couldn't you wait till you're married, which is a good job. I never took that bit of advice because I'm still not. <laughs> so <laughs> that wouldn't have happened either. Yeah. But, you know, that he just thought, I think he thought that'd be something else that he would have to be responsible for then if, um, you know, if I set up my own and I, and I well, didn't have somebody yeah. else to do it with me. But And I, uh, you know, I think my mum and dad are very supportive, but quite traditional. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I sold my business, and yeah, and very Scottish, my mum and dad. So you'll understand yes. this. Yes. So when I saw my business and I said to my mum, I've had this offer and it's X. She's A was amazed because she, I don't think mm -hmm. she thought it was a proper business I was running. And then, <laughs> uh, you know, wow. yeah. And mm -hmm. then said mm -hmm. to me, oh, well, don't get your hopes up, dear. These things don't oh. normally work out. Oh, <laughs> yes. I feel very familiar with all of that, yes. funnily enough. I know. <laughs> Scottish mother my, for My mum doesn't do pride is another thing that we have a laugh about in our house. Um, you know, and folk will say when something happens for one of us, oh, your mum must be so proud. And I go, you'd have to ask her about that because yeah. no. Would you? <laughs> and if you say, if somebody says to her, are you very proud? She goes, we don't really do that. 
I'm like, oh, and she always says, well, you know, pride comes before a fall. And I'm like, yeah, but when you've got your own business, you do need a wee bit of self-belief. And got to celebrate some of the encouragement, stuff, you? <laughs> encouragement from somewhere, Mum. You know, I'm like, oh, thanks for that. When I um, got an honorary MBA, the day that I got it, I got it the same day as Heston Blumenthal. And Mum said to the professor, "Fancy that Heston got one and Jane got the same thing." I was like, "Thanks for that." <laughs> so when I was given an honorary doctorate two years ago, I said to her, "You can come to graduation, but if I hear you saying anything like that, that's it. <laughs> that's it. You're not you're not coming again." <laughs> no. And I said to my friend who went with us, "I said just keep a lid on what she's saying to other people." <laughs> people. <laughs> I can't believe but you know that is just it you're always your your mother's daughter aren't you well, you're always just family and you know you talk about and there's grounded. No, <laughs> yes absolutely and I do oh, I yeah. do think there is that Scottish mentality there's no point in shouting about it you know yeah. so, but I, I am also a great believer in even when you start to believe your own bullshit you're in trouble yes that's true too so I do think there is a degree of that you know we all have bits of spin in life but when you start to believe it I know. And I, I think too, I I don't like, you know, like sometimes folk use all this jargon for stuff and they tell you what they're going to do. And I think, I have no idea what you're actually going to do. And then I start yeah. to think, am I a bit daft? And then I think, no, I'm just quite straight talking. Yeah. That just doesn't. And, and I do know, I mean, you were saying earlier on, you think sometimes folk underestimate you maybe when they meet you at first. I think that happens a lot in myself and I can see that you know in what you're saying I think because I explain things quite simply I can make it look like it's easy easy doesn't yeah. mean it's easy I'm just explaining it simply to you yeah and so people will think well I don't really know if we need somebody else to do that for us and it's only when they try to do it and it all unravels and they come back to us and I can see why it unraveled and get them back in the right road that they really value it but equally I couldn't be bothered spending a lot of time talking it up so that yeah, it looks no. complicated because that's not no. in my nature so no. I've just got to find no. other people that appreciate the simple what it is you do absolutely yeah I think you're yeah. right I'm exactly the same I've got no time or patience for it no you know and, and, and I've just, get... it, to me it's like they're trying to justify their place yeah. They're trying to make it seem complicated so that you can't understand it, so that you'd have to work with them for it. And I think it should never be like that. No. You should no. always be able to explain it to anybody. And if you can't, there's something wrong with how you're telling them. Yeah, no, absolutely. What would you tell somebody who was going to start a business to make sure they did in the early days? What would be your, what you make must? Make your first sale. That's your first sale one. is the most important thing. <laughs> know that you're going to make the sale, know who it's going to be, know what your commercials are going to be, but make your first sale. Yep. That's, that would be and without that's doubt. so easy to, I mean, the number of folk I know that have invested a lot of time and money in courses and things and then never take that first step. And it is an yeah. uncomfortable first step. Yeah. But once you've done it, you'll never look back. Well, yeah, so. Well, I think also you learn point. so much by making that first sale. You you realise whether your commercials are right. You realise whether there's a market that really needs what you want to sell them. You realise what the objections are. You All the things you think about beforehand, they're never the thing, you know, all the objections I think about Red Wigwam are never the ones I got back. Yes. So you no, learn very ever. quickly by that first sale. Actually, and it what does is my business need to look like? Same sort of thing too, where you think this is my customer and then you put your thing out there and the person that's your first customer is absolutely not the person you thought it was going to be either. So Correct. And you can spend too long polishing it rather than putting it out there and finding out what people really want. Yes. Having an avatar for what the person looks like. Yeah. I'm not a big avatar fan because I think (laughs) you, you... you can look a little bit at that, but you can't get too hung up on it because that avatar does not exist in that it's like looking for a house. You're going to have to decide which bits aren't important to you anymore yeah. and which bits are the deal breakers. And, yeah. yeah. And it's yeah. the same same with, with anything. So, you know, yeah. I think that's great. Oh, that's a good one. Do you ever read? And if you do, are you a business book reader, a personal development reader? Are you a novel escape reader? Are you reading it all? Yes, all of the above. So I'm a big reader. Good. So I read about 52 books a year. 
Great. And, and I will read. When do you read? I will read morning, uh, night time before I go to bed, before mm-hmm. uh, whenever I can get a moment. So I'm a big mm-hmm. reader of, you know, the weekends. If there's any downtime, yes. that's when I'll pick up a book. So the family mm-hmm. might all watch a movie, but I'll pick up a book and, you know, sit and just disappear. And I will read mm-hmm. anything from business Gosh. books to rubbish, romantic, yes. chick flicks. Just, just to, escapism. Uh-huh. To absolutely anything. I love a book. Gosh. I love a novel with great characters. Mm-hmm. I want to yes. really like the people I read about, mm-hmm. or really hate them. But I like to. Yes. I like to have an emotion but, but to about get them. Involved. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, a PA who said to me once, "You need to read a not business book. So you need yeah. to read the." the and, and I, I'm not massive on novels. But I can read personal development books in that yeah. way and get something out of them and enjoy them. And I also would have to say I can also just sit and read a cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And go, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you know, that and that's my my novel. Yeah. I I'm also a bit of a completer finisher, and I think that's why a novel's not an easy thing for me to read because I could lose the next two days because I have to get to the end of something. Give it straight away. Okay. We, um, we we took a thousand piece jigsaw with us to Spain because I thought it'd be relaxing for mum in the evenings and mum wasn't in the least bit interested in it. And I spent about four evenings just like obsessed. And she said, are you loving it? I said, not really, but I want to get it finished because there's yeah. no way it's going back in the box unless it's finished. Yeah. And so I'm just going to get it done. And, wow. you know, and. So one and of the so things I, said I to, did. It, she said, "Would you do another one?" And I said, "No, because no. I would be like this about them all." So I said, "I now yeah. know it's like knitting. Not for Don't you. do it. It's not relaxing for me." Well, one <laughs> thing I can't do is not re- finish a book. Yes. So when I start a book, I've got to finish it because it might get yeah. better. So even if it's not great, uh-huh. I do you, have to get to the end. But I have to know it's been done. Yeah, I'm not good at stopping My something halfway through. Mum is like that with the newspaper. She has right. to read. Everything, even if it's something that she's not got any interest in, but because she bought the newspaper, she feels she's got to read, got to read it. And yeah. she'll say to me, how can you have finished that? I say, because I've only read the bits that I want yeah. to. You've read the but, headlines and gone, oh, that yeah, one, that one, that one, yeah. And, and not that one, yes, read that yeah. one. You know, and she'd be like, yeah. she'd still be on page two of right, the same yeah. paper. <laughs> you know, but, but she will read everything. And I think that's that's a good thing too. If you could take three pieces of food or three pieces of food equipment with you to a desert island, what would be on your list? I'm going to hate to say this one out loud because you're going to go, oh, how terrible. I'm not sure I could live without Diet Coke. Fair enough. Well, it's not good for you, but I'm a Diet Coke fiend. So I'd have to take Diet Coke. How many do you think you have in a day? Well, I don't, the issue, I'm going to defend myself before I answer that uh-huh. question, is yes. I don't drink any hot drinks. So right. I don't do tea or coffee or anything like that. Yes. And I don't do milk. So diet right. Coke and water is, is really what I live it's, on. It's what you're having. Yeah. So, you know, there is always one on my desk. Yes. Yep. So I'm sure it's very unhealthy, but I uh, I need a good. And if it's a really bad day, it has to be an iron brew. Ah, Yes. Yeah, so, you know. And are we going full fat or are we going diet? Or or couldn't possibly go full fat. It has to be diet. It has to be diet. But they know it works. That's that's a good thing. See, there you are. You're healthier already. (laughs) (laughs) I have to say that as a Scot, if you see anyone having it, you think they've had a hard night normally because it is the the English equivalent is Lucasade. The Scottish equivalent is if you see anyone with a bottle of Iron Brew, you wonder if they really should be driving. I know, absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) Although now, I mean, the the regulations are even tighter in Scotland, so they probably wouldn't be driving but yeah oh it's amazing so, the, so that's your thing, first one so that the other thing i would take and i'm a big fruit eater mm-hmm. so a plate of figs or something like that fresh figs would just be my idea of heaven good and then mm-hmm. the third thing and again i yeah i think it's probably showing you a little bit about the, the way i eat i'm not great at full <laughs> meals and stuff i'm a picker is uh-huh. i take a fresh fish platter where uh-huh. I can have a little bit of this and a little bit of that and you know mm-hmm. that's my idea of heaven I love sharing plates and things yes, like that too exactly because I can mine. never make yeah. up my mind which bit I want so I might as well, well have and a bit also of I like to it. try 
little bit. Yeah. So, you know, give yeah. me a full plate and I'm a bit like, oh, okay, but give me a little bit of everything and I'm in heaven. A full plate makes me nervous because you've got to make your decision about just one thing. And I think, <laughs> what if I take that and somebody else gets something better? Whereas a, a platter, there's a wee bit, if I'm not mad on something, there'll be something else on there that I love. So yes, absolutely. hedging my bets. Yeah, <laughs> so the, they're my three. That's brilliant. Thank you so much for doing that. That's been really good fun. And an hour has flown by. Wow, it has flown by. I didn't realise it was an hour. <laughs> I know. So that's been lovely. It's been really nice to talk to you and some great things that we've learned. And I've made some notes about things, but I know things that will help other people too. So thank you for, no, for my joining pleasure. us. As you say, been it's been great. lovely to talk to you. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Let me introduce you with Jane Milton. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you don't miss an episode. Please leave a comment to let us know what you've enjoyed or connect to us on social media at Jane Milton Food. If you found it interesting, please share the details with other food businesses you know. We always love meeting new food businesses. See you next episode.